This time of year, our skin gets so dry, especially for those of us who live in cold climates. So I couldn't live without One Earth Body Care. Their Skin Fix, which is great for your entire body. It's a thick, wonderful salve. You can rub it in your hands to soften it, and it makes your skin amazing. There's a day and night facial oil, which I use every day and night, and it really, really has helped my skin. There's a sleep balm that is also a salve consistency that has lavender and other things to help you relax. Of course, my all-time favorite is their natural deodorant because I am no longer smelly. If you've got a baby, they've got a baby butt saver. The other thing that has completely transformed my hair is their shampoo and conditioner bars. They've got Skin Fix for Pets, which has helped my glue stop eating his paws all the time or nibbling on them. And of course, they also have a pet shampoo bar. Please check them out at OneEarthBodyCare.com. We've got the fantastic Amber Romanak on the show. She helps women have greater body confidence, intuition, and better health through powerful mindset, healing, self-care, and overcoming self sabotage with food. Amber, first of all, I love that name. Almost named my daughter, Amber. And second of all, welcome to Health Power. Thank you for having me, Lisa. I'm so happy to be here with you. So nice to have you on. When did you first get interested in healthy living in general? When I went through my own deep, deep struggle with binge eating, food addiction, binging and purging, emotional eating, pretty much every kind of like overconsumption of food you could ever imagine. I went through personally myself in my early 20s. And had a very skewed relationship with my body, is always mm. fighting with my weight. Um, and all of that created all kinds of gut and hormone issues. And then I, I essentially had a low point moment where I would binge to the point that I was so full, I was sick and I would throw the food in the garbage can. And one night in particular, I ended up binging, throwing the food away, laying on the couch, very upset, of course, as always, in shame and guilt. And then I was like, well, if this is the last time I'm going to do this, I might as well eat the rest of the food. And so I dug through my garbage can, I pulled out the cookies and I ate them. And that was like the moment that catapulted me to be like, I need to figure out why I'm doing this. This isn't right. I don't want to be like this for the rest of my life. And through some years of healing, it really inspired me to want to start a business and help, especially women. I've had men as clients too, but There's just, I find not a lot of people that I've come into contact with that are able to really help someone fully overcome these issues, Um, not just manage them. I don't believe in management. It's like fully heal and overcome. And so I was like, well, if I struggled with this the way that I did, how many others, whether it's not as severe or is as bad as me are struggling, right? And so that's what really inspired everything to be created 10 years ago and 10 years later with, you know, helping thousands of women and just being able to reassure that you're not alone. It's just been the most liberating, fulfilling thing to like have this experience turn into my purpose. Wow. That's incredible. I want to know what were the first steps you took towards healing? And then what were some of the things that type of therapies or, you know, that you did? Yeah. So the first step was actually like admitting that I actually was struggling with binge eating and food addiction. Right. Um, I think there can be this denial of it's not a big deal. It's not that bad. And it's like, yeah. well, when you're to the point where you're spending all of your money on binge food and you don't have enough left for gas and you're hiding at home in shame, not going out and living your life, like it's a big mm. deal, right? Absolutely. When you're bloated and in pain and have all these health issues cropping up. Um, so that was the first step. The second step was Well, I actually did go and see one therapist for one session and I poured my heart out to her. And at the end of the session, she said to me, 
just don't go to the store and buy the food, just love yourself. So I actually didn't do any therapy or get any support through healing my relationship with food because that completely turned me off. And I felt that I had to do it myself. And I think part of that was because I just didn't know yet I was going to be helping others. Right. You know, so the first steps were for me, sugar was a huge issue. I was so addicted to sugar. I was like, how come I can't just eat a little bit like these people can? Right. Um, and then I started reading and researching that refined sugar is 10 times more addictive than cocaine. And it yeah. blew my mind to understand how eating sugar was giving me the most massive dopamine high. And that I was really chasing this pleasure high because I was so unhappy and, and feeling really unworthy inside. And so that blew my mind. And then I started to learn about, for me, I was also addicted to the casein, which is the protein in dairy and the gluten, which is the protein in meat. I was addicted to those as well. I was very addicted. And so learning about how the foods were impacting my brain, my body was very fascinating. And so once I kind of improved the way that I was eating, yet still wanted to binge on like 10 bananas and a jar of peanut butter, I'm like, this is so much more than just like sugar. And so I started to really understand, wow, okay, I don't love myself. I don't feel worthy. I have this void, this lack of self-love inside of me that I'm trying to fill with food. I suck at dealing with stress. I'm afraid to feel my feelings and I don't know what's triggering me. So the second phase of the journey to me was the biggest because it was about every time I binged afterwards, Mm -hmm. I started writing down the trigger. What happened? Like, was I tired? Did I have a negative interaction at work? Did I start eating sugar? And then it kicked in the all or nothing mentality. And so it's like, F it, I'm just going to eat whatever I want. I'll try again tomorrow. So this reflection and awareness building was a massive part of me starting to catch and interrupt my triggers and not just go to food right away. And that's a huge part where I think a lot of people get stuck is they are not willing or don't know how to take the time and start building awareness with what's triggering them. And then I started to bring in practices to help me feel and actually had to get really out of my comfort zone and start to feel comfortable feeling my emotions because I was terrified to feel. Um, Hence all the numbing, right? So I started to use things like journal practices, meditation, breath, EFT tapping, walking, making tea, like just all kinds of different things, depending on what I was feeling to just help me process emotions and also to get more grounded and calm inside. Because I find with binge eating or emotional eating, the more overwhelmed and stressed you are, the easier it is to want to go to food because it's, it does, it distracts, it numbs, it helps us check out. So All of that really helped me catch and stop the triggers and catch and stop the behavior of the binge. Um, And then one of the last pieces, and this is, again, something I think a lot of people don't realize is you often you don't want to do it. No one wants to hurt their body on purpose, right? So it's like I would sit down in the evening and turn on the TV. And even if I didn't want to binge, it's like all of a sudden my body's like, oh, it's time for you to go binge. And so the last biggest part was really understanding that we make patterns. And every time you repeat a pattern multiple times a week over years, you're going to wire a pathway in your brain, a neural pathway, a habit, whatever you want to call it. And so this pathway in my brain is lighting up like every weekday night, like you should binge, you should binge. And so when I started to learn about the brain chemistry and the pathway, I was like, holy crap, I wired this pathway and I've got to undo it. So there's all these layers of different aspects of us physically, emotionally, chemically, right? Neurologically that we don't even realize are fueling these behaviors. Yes. Not to mention the things you take on from your parents by accident and getting bullied as a kid or whatever, no, of right? Course. There's oh, a yeah. lot to look at. And so I think people just like want to 
like almost pave it over with like trying another diet, following another meal plan, hiring another personal trainer. And I'm not opposed to having a personal trainer, but it's like, none of that's going to fix any of this stuff going on inside. It's just going to keep us distracted. So, so that was really some of the layers of healing. And then I started my business and then I really was focused on healing my gut health and hormone health because I had done a number on all my systems, obviously with binging, Mm -hmm. binging and purging restriction, all of that. And that took a few years to fully regulate, but, um, it really helped me be able to come into the coaching and the support and have all of these awarenesses and the knowledge of healing it myself. I, I got my natural nutrition diploma, but otherwise everything that I coach my clients on, it was like the healing and the, what I learned personally, which I think is my biggest asset truly, because I have the brain of the addict. I know what they're going through. I can relate. And I think the empathy and holding the safe space in a judgment-free zone is the most vital thing when you are, you have someone coming into your space that's feeling so much shame and embarrassment and is so afraid to change. Um, that, that is just the most important part. Yeah, you know, I, I'm a big person who believes in that trauma is the root of so many issues. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's easier to have the binging behavior than to actually have to look at, especially if you've had, you know, really bad child yeah. abuse, right? And I know women who are either anorexic or binging, you know, this and that, because to really get to the bottom of it, you're going to go through a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like the pain you know versus the pain that's if you're so afraid to to go near give us some advice for that because that that's going to keep you stuck in these unhealthy behaviors a hundred percent it will and i so i think part of it is being willing to baby step along like i think we will get in our head and go i've got to do it fast and it's going to be like really intense and uncomfortable and i have to like dive into the deep end first no you don't it's honestly about taking small steps at a pace that feels good for you to start dealing with your traumas, your negative thoughts, your limiting beliefs, your insecurities that have kept you stuck. And what ends up happening is you just start to baby step in as you start to build awareness. You start to learn what it feels like to take your power back from this negative voice, the trauma, the past, whatever's going on. And as you do, you build this confidence. You're like, oh my gosh, I did that thing that I thought that would be horrible to feel through or look at, right? Right wow, like now this thing cleared and I didn't even have to really give it as much energy as I thought it would have to. And we start to prove that negative voice in the mind wrong, right? Right. And so I think the other key is that we have to start being aware of what I call the ego mind. It's the negative limiting voice that lives in the mind that doesn't have to run the show, but has been. The trust lives in our heart. And so what's important to understand is that voice is going to try and scare you into not wanting to do anything. What if you fail? It's too expensive. What if you waste more money? What if you all of a sudden become successful and heal? You're not worthy for that. Like, what if people don't like you anymore? Right. It's like comes up with every like fear tactic it can because it thrives off of your suffering and it's trying to also protect you at the same time, which is ironic. So I think that's why like the baby step approach and like building that solid foundation really help us, even if we've had really intensive trauma, because we can always heal. I've witnessed so many women heal very deep things and me myself. And so it's just a matter of building that foundation and taking baby steps. And even if you don't fully feel a belief in yourself, it's to try and start encouraging yourself. It's like, I'm going to figure this out. I may not know how or when or what it's going to look like, but I'm going to figure it out because that's what I did. I'm like, I literally have no idea how I'm going to deal with any of this, but I know I'm just tired of feeling and doing this. So I got to figure something out. Yeah. 
you hit a rock bottom where you're like, yeah. I just can't do this anymore. Exactly. But then you just get kind of stuck. I mean, everything you said, it was so incredible, you know, especially like, I'm just going to fail again, or people aren't going to like me this way, or yeah. especially if you're, you know, I, but I have to stay thin to have people approve of me, or I yeah. have to look this way or be this way. And it's just, it's heartbreaking because it's not mm-hmm. true. Exactly. I mean, maybe there's a few schmucks out there. <laughs> like, yeah. I want you to be a twig, but that's, yeah. that, that's not important. It's really not. And I think that's the thing is when we are insecure and we have tied our worth up with so much about how we look, the number on the scale, the size of our clothing, right? we will, that ego will convince us that, you know, we will be rejected or people are going to make fun of us or make comments. And then if you do have, if you've had any experiences where that's actually happened, where the comments been made or someone said something, even if it's, you know, far away from the past, your ego will cling on to that and be like, remember when this person said this to you or did that to you and blah, blah, blah. Or remember when people treated you differently when you were 10 pounds lighter, like we'll hang on to all of that because it's like, there's the proof, even though it's not really valid. Right. And so this is where the mindset work to me is the biggest piece of the healing because our thoughts and beliefs dictate the way we behave and do or don't show up. Right. Yeah. So if we don't deal with that, well, how are your hormones ever going to fully regulate? How are you ever, how is your body actually ever going to feel safe enough to lose the weight if you're wanting to release weight? And how are you ever going to feel safe in your body getting to a healthy weight if you're too thin, if you don't feel safe and this negative voice is running the show, right? It's It's the key piece. Yeah, it is. And, you know, especially for somebody who's, who doesn't eat enough and that's, where you've done so much damage, you know, over time to your body, mm-hmm. that's hard to fix. But I'm I'm assuming you've, it's fixable, but you've got to start taking care of yourself. Yeah, it definitely is. And I think it's like such a delicate one with that because it's, yeah. there's often this something has happened where the person is deeply convinced I, I can't be seen. I have to be invisible right? There's the dysmorphia of photoshopping and editing and like all of the skewed things were sold from Hollywood and even playing with Barbies from a young age. Like, oh my gosh, what a horrible image to be implanted on a little five-year-old, six-year-old girl's mind. It's horrible, right? And so all of these things though, right? So if someone experienced trauma from a young age and they want to not be seen or they maybe they grew up feeling invisible and then they started to lose weight and got more attention. And they're like, this is the only way that I will get validation. Like there can be so many reasons why some women have a massive fear of food. And like, if I eat enough, I'm going to gain weight. Um, And what all this does when we're not eating enough, one of the reasons this behavior continues to be fueled is because we become so deficient in certain minerals vitamins that impact our brain health, our brain chemistry, right? And this all then impacts like our mood and we don't produce enough dopamine and serotonin, which are the mood boosting neurotransmitters that help us feel better, more confident. And so for especially really depleted in zinc and vitamin D, this is part of what will fuel some of the, like the mood part of like not eating enough. Um, and so there's not just this mindset, emotional piece, there's these deficiencies fueling it too. And obviously the less you keep eating, the more it just keeps fueling all the stuff you don't want. And then we of course get convinced that like, this is how I have control. Like I feel out of control in these other areas of my life, but I can control restriction or I can control a binge and go and buy a bunch of food and overeat. Yeah. 
But what's below that truly, because we're not in control on either end, we're actually out of control. What's below that is like fear, worry, not feeling good enough and insecurity, right? It's not actually about control with food. It's not. It's about mindfulness and intentionality. But when you don't love yourself and you loathe yourself or you're being critical, we don't lead with mindfulness and intentionality. We lead with mindlessness and self-sabotage, right? So, but it really does a number on our metabolism and our hormone health Yeah, on either spectrum, not eating enough or eating too much. Right. Um, One thing that I often have women say to me is, well, I'm not hungry, so I don't eat until two o'clock. And the problem with this is if you're not having a hunger signal and a stomach growl starting to happen, you know, within half an hour of waking up, there's probably something going on with your metabolism. If our metabolism and especially our thyroid are functioning properly, we should have a stomach growl and a hunger signal within 30 minutes. We produce a hormone called ghrelin to make us hungry and give us that signal. Mm -hmm. However, if we're skipping meals, not eating enough or waiting until two o'clock to eat because you're not hungry, you're actually shutting your metabolism off and your thyroid and metabolism are very much, they work together and you're not going to produce that hunger signal properly. And then you're actually going to suppress metabolism potentially give yourself adrenal fatigue, you know, cortisol issues, stress hormones, yeah, and it makes it easier to gain weight or it makes it more difficult to lose because again, weight is a protective mechanism. She hangs on because she doesn't feel safe. So if I'm not eating enough, my body is going to go, Oh, there must be a famine. I better hang on to everything because I need to protect her. Keep her safe. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, for people who feel worthless and sadly, I've heard that from some people, Mm -hmm. That is such a deep, deep pain and yeah. such a horrific thing to feel about yourself. Yeah. My, I would imagine that would have to start with like, we're not even going to focus on the food right now. Let's talk, right? Like, let's get into this. Why do you feel worthless? Yeah. What has happened? What? I mean, that's my idea, but tell us what how you handle like a really severe case like that. Yeah. So I really think that it is about starting to look at the self-worth piece And how is the unworthiness governing us? So are you people pleasing and completely overbooking your schedule? So you're in burnout, Mm -hmm. right? Are you in this proving perfection mentality and and you're needing to prove to everyone that you're good enough? Like, how is this unworthiness pushing you to behave? Because the thing is, is if we don't look at any of that and start like slowly filling that void and helping you to set healthy boundaries and say no when it's a no instead of people please and go, you know what, this perfection is so unhealthy. It's not serving me at all. What would more balance look like if we don't start rewiring these pathways and shifting these patterns, you're going to keep behaving the same way with food that you are, whether it's overdoing it or underdoing it. Um, Because you're just choosing to use food as the substance of control. It could be mindless shopping. It could be alcohol. It could be other things, right? It's just like, we all have different substances. That was my thing when I was younger. Yeah. 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 Or like mindless TV phone addiction. Like there's so many things, right? So, so the first thing is to look at, okay, like what, what kind of unfolded in your life that contributed to you feeling unworthy? Like, where did you get this idea from? And of course, what we started to see is that between the age of zero and seven, Our subconscious is fully open, taking on everything, right? We're observing our parents' behaviors. You know, Mm. I was bullied at five and told I was fat and ugly on the bus. Like that impacted me for the next 20 years. Yes. Right? So all these things accumulate. And then we take on these behaviors from the people that are closest to us. And then we get access to the television, right? And all of these celebrities and movies and magazines and all of these things. And it really shapes 
our identity. We're born unconditionally loving ourselves, but it gets disconnected through all the programming the mind receives that is very ego-based. Like look at all the movies where the girls bully the girls that aren't as pretty. Look at all the movies where the girl gets broken up with and then she sits on her bed and eats a box of chocolates. Like it's literally been promoted to us to be critical and to go into self-sabotage and be disempowered. Um, So there's this inheritance of all these things. I believe that the mind takes on and absorbs that's actually more unhealthy sometimes than the foods we're choosing to eat to self-sabotage with. Right. But we don't ever think about that. We're like, Oh, this is bad food because it's got Mm -hmm. sugar or whatever. Right. So I think starting to help people look at that and go, Oh, interesting. This thing contributed this thing. And it's not a blame. It's just a, wow. Okay. I'm now understanding where this has come from. And the more I can understand it, the more I can start to maybe have a little bit of compassion for myself, mm-hmm. start to, you know, not be so hard on myself and maybe start mm-hmm. to see the possibility that I can actually, if this was created, I can start unraveling it and build a new mindset and a new identity and start really working on myself. Because here's the thing, it's with repetition, you've been programmed to be convinced that you're not good enough. So you can reprogram right. your mind with repetition and awareness and new habits to help you feel worthy and good enough and fill the void. But it's just really depending on, yeah, what are those key limiting beliefs and behaviors that are keeping you there? Now, what if you're, let's say, 60 or over, and you've had these thoughts your whole life of being worthless and either not eating enough or eating too much? Would you think that someone would need like an additional maybe eating disorder clinic or Do you think what you do, you know what I mean? I'm not saying what you do isn't enough. It's obviously amazing, but I'm just curious if this has been like a a lifelong struggle. Yeah. So most of the women that I work with have been struggling with binge eating, food addiction, emotional eating for decades or most of their life. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when it comes to more of like, like say someone was dealing with quite a severe case of anorexia where it's like, it's having a significant impact on their health and their lifespan. I don't deal with that. And that's where you should definitely try and seek help from right, like a yeah, clinic that can like, mm-hmm. cause that's like, that can get really dangerous. Right. Right. Um, but if someone is already like, maybe they had a history of that, but they're not doing that anymore, but they're really struggling with the unworthiness and all of these things that we're talking about yeah. to me, that's like who I work with on a daily basis. And I've worked with women from 21 to 90 oh and gosh. most of my clients are in their late fifties and sixties and they are so fed up and done. With the suffering and the struggle, they're like, I want to live the rest of my life at peace with my body and food. Please help me get there. It's fully possible, but you have to be open. And in this lifetime, some people are not going to be ready and open and you can't make anybody. But most by the point they come to me are like, I'm done with everything else. Yeah, I I really want to work on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, and this is where it's hard is, you know, there's so much pressure on women to not age. And I'll like rally against that. But at the same time, it's like, well, one of my shows is all video. This one, I use clips from the video. Either way, I'm being seen. Yeah. And I do worry that they're going to be like, man, she's too old to be doing this. Mm -hmm. You know, so do you get get the things or whatever? But it's a real problem, right? Because this is like, this isn't just coming from my head. This is, you're obsolete. Like that fear of being obsolete, Mm -hmm. like where you hear about like elderly women, like, you know, shoplifting. They're like, oh, I forgot what it was from. It was some show I was watching and she was trying to get her friend to shoplift. She's like, don't you know, we're, 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 we're like mid to late sixties. We're invisible. They don't even see us. So screw (laughs) them, you know? And I always thought about that. 
And I have like a real fear of that. I don't even think that comes from feeling worthless. I feel like that comes from just fear of losing work or missing out on opportunity because it is ageism is real, right? So how do we, how do we get our head around that? Yeah. So I think part of it is we all need to work together to set a new standard that is, it's like timeless. I personally think we're going to see a massive shift in the next five to 10 years with media, with like the way that women, oh, a hundred percent. Hundred percent. It's it's coming. People are tired of Hollywood and people are tired of the BS, right? That we're being sold from them. Yeah. Yeah, like the Kardashian era. Oh my God. I've never kept up with them and I can't stand their look. Well, they're they're honestly probably one of the most unhealthy things that could have ever happened to women and humanity on this planet. So um (laughs) I see a huge shift happening. Well, here's your proof. Hollywood lost over six hundred billion last year. Um, hello, people wow. aren't going and supporting all these people because they're tired of the fake. They're tired of being sold Photoshop BS and they're right. tired. They People are getting to me smarter. They're putting two and two together. Why do so many women have body image issues? Why do so many Im- women st- struggle with this? Well, that played a huge role and has played right. a huge role, right? So people are voting with their dollars. They're getting rid of, like, they're not going and watching as many movies. They're not buying all the stuff these people are endorsing. They're not, they're getting rid of their Netflix subscriptions because they're like, I'm tired of all this crap, like that's being fed into my subconscious mind. And what I think is going to be created and continue to be created is that it's not going to necessarily be Hollywood celebrities. It's going to be women with a drive and desire like you and I that are like, we're so tired of this. We're so done. This is the new standard. This is the new normal women being themselves, women celebrating aging, because that means you're still here and you're enjoying like the longevity of a life versus someone who gets cancer and dies at 30. Like it's a gift to age. We're meant to this Mm -hmm. whole not aging thing is such BS. And obviously like I'm 36, I can't speak to being, but it's, but (laughs) I will tell you, I'm not going to be getting any of this stuff. And I don't care what anyone thinks. Like my message is still as valid. And my purpose to help women heal is still as valid and nothing is getting in my way. Right. And I think we have to stand strong in our power with this. And the more of a community we can build where we're all supporting each other with this message, well, it becomes unstoppable because more people are joining and joining and joining and joining. Right. Right. So to me, it's just like humanity is tired of fake and shiny. Humanity is desiring authenticity. And to me, that is where the magnetism and the, the future lies, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I, you know, I, I hate social media and then I like it for other things. One of the things I love is women who have acneic skin and they're like, here I am. Women who have cellular, here I am. Mm-hmm. There's one woman, Diane, I forgot her last name, but she does these great things where she'll basically show you like, well, if I suck in here and I put, I turn this way and I do this, I look thin. And then if I just let it out, like yeah. most women on there are doing all these, not most, but a lot of women who are trying to get that influencer yeah. certain fake look, they're doing all these movements and all these things to make them look different. And I have to be honest, like I, because I'm busty, I've noticed a lot of busty women like myself kind of carry more fat in, like into their armpits and their back. I used to take a picture and I would cut so you wouldn't mm. see the fat under my arm. And now I don't, Good. but that took a long time because I yeah. felt like, oh, I'm really self-conscious about this, you know? Right. Um, but the more we can show, I just worry that you've got girls who don't need a filter where they're doing all the crap 
Right. And that's where I get scared for like the generation now. I just feel, I honestly feel sorry for girls growing up today. It seems flipping awful. And I have a 19 year old. I've been talking to her since forever. And so she doesn't filter her photos and she doesn't do that. She's not into that. She used to be obsessed with this cartoon, the Winx Club, which is like the fakest, skinniest looking fairies. We had long talks about it, honey. You know yeah. this isn't real. Don't try to look, you know. But yeah. I, but she liked the storyline and the fantasy and and the creativity. Right. So I let her watch it, but not without the caveat of. And now she'll say, "Oh yeah, no, that's totally unrealistic. Waist are like tight, like the size, yeah. of, like nothing, you know." Yeah. So I think it's those talks. I don't know if enough. I don't know if enough parents are talking with their daughters and saying, yeah. "Hey." That actress, like, what's her face? I don't want to single anyone out because any of them, though. There's not a single pop star that hasn't totally. had a nose job or filler in her cheeks 100%. or something else. When you, one of the things that I love on, on social media is they'll have like celebrities the way they used to look and the way they look now. They look like completely different people. We have to show that to our daughter so they can yeah. say, no, that's, that's not, that's not possible without four surgeries. Yeah. And right? editing and Photoshopping. There's a few yeah. channels on YouTube and they literally do the same. They take the before and after and then they, they're like, they've had this surgery. They've had this procedure. Oh, and this is Photoshopping. Like, look at how long her finger yeah, is. Yeah, I like, love, I could watch those forever. It's good. It's great it's that good. that's happening because it's. Yeah. It is. And, and you can see like, some, I don't follow any celebrities, but sometimes I'll go no. to some accounts and read through the comments. And I'm like, people are seeing people are done. Like they're yeah. shutting off their comment sections because people are calling them out, which is great. So it just oh, goes to show you okay. how much things are changing. Yeah. There's the proof, right? Yeah, I hope yeah. so. I mean, there's, you're fabulous. And there's so many mm-hmm. interesting things to talk about. I, I, you know, I liked when I read your intro, we were talking about intuition. And the powerful mindset of you know mindset healing. Talk to us a little bit about intuition and what role that plays in what you're talking about, especially if you're eating too much, eating too little, or just feeling worthless for yeah, and eating enough, but still just feeling shitty. So I feel lousy. like we've been programmed that we don't have an intuition that we're just these right. like pipsqueaks on this planet that don't matter, which it couldn't be further from the truth. We don't realize how powerful we are. And right. we all were bur- we all were born with an intuition and your intuition is like that gut instinct, like that feels good, that doesn't feel good, right? right? And so when you're binging or you're restricting, you're fighting with your body and you're really disconnected, you're not going to have as strong of an access to your intuition because it gets shoved down and shut off. And right. so the power of healing is that your intuition comes back online. And now you have a BS meter you can't be deceived. <laughs> no one can like tug you around and just, dis- right? Like, right. yeah. <laughs> lie to you because you, and not, and most importantly, the biggest, most powerful part of intuition being online is you learn to trust yourself and you learn to have belief in self and have trust and faith in like your path and like humanity. Like, I know a lot of people are afraid about the world right now. I'm like, my intuition oh, is yes. like, it's loud, but like, what happens right before um, breakthrough, breakdown, right? And I trust my intuition 100%. It builds confidence. And so one of the other great things about intuition is that even when you have days where you're like, oh, I really don't like what I'm seeing today, the number went up on the scale, blah, blah, blah. You'll have that if you are willing to take that quiet moment, it will go like, don't worry, it's going to shift or don't worry, like you're going to figure it out. Yeah. But are you willing to get quiet enough to listen to it? Because it's not a loud voice. If you're like, oh, right. yeah, I heard it and it said blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, your intuition will never belittle you. Mm-hmm. It will never put you down and it will never deceive you. That's the ego mind. The intuition was forged out of love. 
so you can yeah. fully trust it, but it takes time to do so, right? So it's like, yeah, start practicing with like, okay, well, which color shirt do I want to wear today? Which one feels better? Which way do I want to drive today to go to the grocery store? This road or this road? Which one feels better? This is ways you start to strengthen your intuition, okay. right? Yeah. To me, that's so powerful. But as my clients heal, their intuition comes online tenfold and they feel so in their power because this is innate, an innate part of us that we all have yeah. that is available for us to use to live a more empowering life. You must, your clients must love you. I mean, first of all, you're just fabulous. You're so Thank easy you. to talk to and you're so self-aware and candid and open and knowledgeable. And that's, those are all such beautiful characteristics. Thank you. Believe it or not, I never used to have any self-awareness. I used to be the one just heavily consuming Hollywood, wishing that I was a celebrity because I hated my body eating. Yeah. I treated my body like a garbage can, right? Mm. So this was yeah. all part of the healing. This was all developed through the healing journey. I think awareness is our superpower and is one of the most profound muscles that we can build. Because once you're aware of your body, your symptoms, your emotions, your ego, like all these parts, yeah. You get to take your power back as a human being. And it's no longer like, well, I can't do anything to heal. Like I need my doctor. I need this person. Like, yes, please get support with whatever you need if you feel called. Right. But what you start to realize is like, I can heal my body. I can heal the traumas. I can heal my mind. I can raise my frequency and strengthen my intuition. Like I have the power and I am a powerful woman and you're a power and we're all powerful. Yeah. We're all meant to have what we want, but it's like, doing the deeper work helps you build this. And then you remember who you re really are, right? And that's why I would say you're coming home to yourself. You're stepping into this woman you've always dreamed of fully being when you're willing to do that uncomfortable work and take yeah. the time. Because once you have it, you have it forever. And that's yeah. the gift, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell us about your the No Sugar Coding podcast. That's such a cute title. Well, thank you. Yeah, so it is. It's really the No Sugar Coding truth. It's the honest truth about okay. you know helping mm -hmm. you really break down these negative thoughts, these limiting beliefs, how you start to address and deal with that binge, emotional eating, restriction, behavior, um, and also tying in how all of this is impacting your blood sugar, your cravings, your hormone and gut health. And as you do come online and you do heal and that intuition gets stronger, how do you manage that? Because that can be scary. Right. So how do we energetically manage, you know, being an empath and feeling and all of this as we're, you know, living life and all the things that are happening in life. And so it's a great safe space for women and men to come and listen and take away what feels resonant for them to help them on their journey. Do you ever work with anyone who just has low self-esteem just based on having been bullied or treated differently because they're different and they don't have eating issues or body image issues? They just yep. have this low self-esteem. That, For sure. Yeah. Way. I have okay. a lot of chronic people pleasers and perfectionists and women yeah. that just honestly don't feel good enough right. um, who come to work with me because it is a mindset game. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Well, tell us, Amber, all the ways we can find you. I hope you come back. I mean, oh, I got about you. a million things I want to talk about with yeah, you. You're I'm just fabulous. To. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. You're fabulous too. I feel like we're vibing. Um, so the easiest way to find me and everything I have to offer is at amberapproved.ca. That's the website. If you are wondering if you're struggling with any kind of emotional relationship with food, I have a free quiz you can take and it will give you some podcast resources to assist you. Um, nice. You can also listen to the podcast there or any podcast app. 
And then if you do want to connect and have more of a conversation around exploring a journey and support together with whatever is going on, I do have a 30 minute body freedom consultation. You fill out a form, it's 50 USD. We talk about the path on Zoom for 30 minutes and then kind of decide what feels best for you and get on the journey. So those are the best things that I can offer to help you along depending on what you want. Oh, I love that. Well, this has been so much fun. And Amber, I definitely want you back. Everybody keep coming back to Health Power five days a week. So Monday, Thursday, and Friday, I uh, talk about an article from naturallysavvy.com, like which onions are best for which dishes or how to eat more sweet potatoes or how to get more greens, like just very quick, fun, little, and I, you know me, I always share a story. And then on Tuesday, I have a fantastic guest like Amber. And then Wednesday, every Wednesday, I I have the wonderful Kayla Capiolo, who shares some wonderful gluten-free, dairy-free, nut-free recipes. So keep coming back, rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks so much. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy and Lisa at Lisa Davis MPH. Thank you so much. And please share this episode because the more you share shows you care. We'll see you next time.